Bush and Richie with your daily takeaway. Another episode. Uh, I went to the doctors earlier on today. Do you have this at uh, your surgery where you you check in uh-huh. uh, and uh, you know you, you, your name, your date of birth, your surname, and all that kind of stuff, and then it, it knows that you're there and all that kind of thing. The thing that really annoys me about the doctors is they will let you know how many people are in the queue ahead of you. Oh, see, we don't get that at R1. Do you not get that? No, you, you type your date of birth in and it knows who you are without asking any other questions, which is amazing. Yeah. But it, I do miss out on um, getting my back up slightly by dealing with the receptionist. Yeah, Because <laughs> no matter who they are, they're always... If you, the doctor's receptionists are... Some, uh, and if you're one of those people who's listening to this and you're not rude, then I apologise, but they're always terrible. <laughs> They're always the most rude. And then you sit down, you hear them being rude to other people on the phone. It's been really horrible to old people. You do realise that um, you may need to get an appointment one day <laughs> and um, that's who you're going to be calling. I know, I'm just, I, what I do is just suffer in silence you don't, to struggle on. <laughs> you don't help yourself. But have you, seen, have you met a nice doctor's receptionist person? The one I spoke to this morning to get my appointment for 10.15 was, was helpful. She's probably revelling in your injury. <laughs> <laughs> I got there on time. 10.15 was my appointment. Uh, I got there around about 10.13, typed in my surname, my postcode, my date of birth, my month of birth, all that kind of thing. Uh, and then it comes up and says, oh, there you are. Yes, congratulations. Go and take a seat. There are three people before you. That's a bit deli counter for me. That's what I kind of thought. I thought, you I... know what? I'm here two minutes beforehand. I'm now mildly irritated there's three people still before me. I'd rather be blissfully unaware. Rather not know. And, and just see other people names ping up before I wait for mine. But you know, the weird thing is, right, the weird thing is, I, I th- thought about this quite a bit because we had a similar situation where we were on time for our dental appointment and this was only like lunchtime but they were already like 45 minutes behind time. <laughs> so like, how, how does that happen? How do you get that far behind? <laughs> I know! When you've got someone sat there because you know, you're not in the doctors for a long time, are you? How's, <laughs> I know. how's it even happen? If you're a doctor's receptionist, get in touch. Well, actually, no, maybe not. Maybe not. Only joking. This is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway. So I don't want to go on about it, but I did get hit uh, unexpectedly on the head by something on on, on Sunday. And uh, you know when something you get hit on the head? Normally stuff doesn't touch your head normally. No. But if you get something else touches your head, it's quite weird, isn't yeah. it? So you get a bit of a shock. Uh, and we've been in an Airbnb uh, for the past week or so. We're, we're back home now. We had building work done in the house, and we've hung in there for as long as we could, uh, and then then had to go and stay somewhere else whilst they were doing the kitchen and everything, which meant um, I was having to use someone else's shower. Yeah. And you know what it's like using someone else's shower? It's like trying to drive someone else's car for the first time. Everything, everything's wrong. You don't know what any of the, the buttons and dials do. And being a taller chap, I'm always used to, first thing I do when I get in someone else's shower, not like I've broken in, but like if I'm using a shower I don't know, is... Uh, a little bit like a, a stand-up comedian coming on stage, adjusting the height of the shower head <laughs> yes. and putting it up there. Uh, what I didn't realise I was doing was, you know, sometimes you can get one of them flat plate showers, which is like a waterfall thing. Yeah. But you get like a slightly um, inexplicable smaller shower head within within that. I don't know what you yeah. maybe you shower a dog's feet with it or yeah. something. Uh, that's the thing I put up high. So as I then turn the shower on, that thing that I put up high fell down from the above like like a, a trap in Indiana Jones and smacked me right on the top of the head like a Punch and Judy show and I I, the, I turned the air blue I, it was a proper shock it was an Isaac Newton kind of moment uh, and it, it got me thinking because you know for Isaac Newton um, you know the apple landed on his head that was it wasn't it it was and then he had the idea about gravity you know, he invented gravity and I'm thinking well let me put this to good use that is now currently the last thing that hit me on the head. Yeah. So why don't we ask everybody, what was the last thing that hit you in the head? Kitchen cupboard door. Oh, what, like... 
on top of you, or yeah. So you know, well, I, uh, there's a did you go up into there's it? There's a debate to be had here. I went up into it, so maybe I hit the kitchen cupboard door. You attacked it if it was a court case, but um, that was the last thing that knocked me out. I was out for a couple of seconds. With out that cold, one. yeah, yeah, and, and, and wow. bleeding profusely uh, in the midst of this thick mop of hair. There is sort of like a little Harry Potter style uh, like lightning bolt of a, of, of a scar. But as a result, ever since that, when I'm in a kitchen, I am I, I, I skulk around like a velociraptor well, this is it. It not going to be anywhere near cupboard doors that are above me it really freaks me out well, is it? it does affect you Elisa has tweeted us to say uh, for her a Santa ball my son threw at me to catch I had a cup of tea in one hand and was speaking on the phone on the other so I'm not sure how I was supposed to deal with it <laughs> hit a square in the head and it does stay with you uh, do get in touch Blue Goblin has uh, tweeted us uh, you can get in touch at Absolute Radio or you can text 81215 uh, he says a duck at work a few weeks back mallards are a nightmare for wow. it wow Hitting the head by a duck. Well, I mean, can we go a step back and talk about the uh, the seagull on Carnaby Street? We're a long way away from the beach. You were very unlucky, I'd say. It's the problem with seagulls, isn't it? <laughs> they should stay in their local turf, not mucking about around here. Uh, Greg is a drummer. He says the banner of the band who were on stage after us. They wow. gaffer taped it to the wall and it fell on my head halfway through our first song. Being a pro, I didn't miss a beat. Carried on drumming. You did get that like weird like uh, competition between bands as well. Maybe they didn't <laughs> like uh, they thought they were too good. In the first song. Uh, Andrew in Blackburn says um, he dropped his iPad on his head last night in bed. That is such a humiliating regular injury. Yes. I get that a lot where if I'm if I'm lying down and watching someone on my phone and then you it slips out your hand and it slaps me with my big old nose. What you need is a pop socket. What's that? You can put it on the back of the phone, pops out, and then you can put sort of like your two fingers uh, in it, and then it won't fall. It won't fall on your face. If I was a nana of five grandkids, yeah, <laughs> get a leatherette case and stuff as well, and, and type with my index finger. <laughs> uh, Karen says my newly married husband shot a car boot on my head. Wow. Uh, ended up with a uh, bump as big as a golf ball. Uh, she says she's better now. Newly married insinuates they're still together. Yeah, well, yes, yes, that, every, which is good news. Every cloud. Uh, we got Dan on the line right now dan what are you saying so i used to work for a um a pizzeria and i used to be a, a delivery driver and obviously you're working you know 100 miles an hour um you know so you don't really have time to do all the rest of it and um we had to we have to code ourselves in each time and open the door go through the door and they we had this monstrous mag lock on the top left of the uh of the door frame right and i clocked it with everything i had <laughs> and, uh, i freaked out honestly I was listening to the star of that story, thinking, right, he's, he's delivering pizzas. How's this going to end up? I was yeah. thinking maybe have a full, you know, cartoon style pizza, twelve inch no, on the top of his head. <laughs> but it's actually a lock. Yeah, uh, so the the um, yeah the mag lock that would um, stop um, near do wells um, going in. Um, I was in there and I clocked it. Maybe I had much claret in uh, this particular um, <laughs> incident. Yeah, there was. Um, yeah, honestly, I, I'm, I was sat down and uh, yeah, the car waved their finger uh, around a couple of times and uh, you know, the car said, no, it's all good, carry on driving, get on with it. What a hero. Straight back in the car, no problem. So if this is a Premier League football match, you probably might have a couple of games out. Pizzas have exactly. to be delivered. They've got to be delivered. Yeah. Exactly. But going on to um, your segment yesterday, um, you know, uh, with all your deals, um, Domino's will always do a form of... 50% off and they'll they'll woo you with some right. uh, some fancy wording but we're, they'll always have you. So you, just to confirm because this was a bone of contention on yesterday's show uh, Richie was saying that the 50% off on the app is only after spending £50. You're, you're, yeah. you're in the industry and you're saying that's not true. But there, there's always something like you know, it'll be a buy one get one free that's technically 50% off right? Um, that's and, a good point. 
Yeah, I won't get one free, uh, is that? Yeah. And uh, they'll always do like, oh, if you collect it, it's uh, a large pizza is nine ninety nine, and they usually retail at eighty nine. I tell you what, I tell you what, a knock on the head has not uh, actually affected <laughs> no. his recall. No, it has not. I'm here thinking down there for you know, and all the rest of it. Okay, we'll leave that one there. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Cheers, Dan. Yeah, no, worries, take care. One that's really interested a lot of people is Alan in Staines, who got in touch about ten minutes ago with this mysterious incident uh, that uh, took place in a supermarket in Lidl uh, with. Uh, a lettuce just hitting him on the head whilst he was looking at the carrots, but he was nowhere near touching the lettuce. Paranormal activity. It's what he's claiming. Stephen Lincoln isn't having it. He says, I can't hold it in, boys. There's no way a lettuce hit him on the head while looking at carrots. Those two items are never together. Carrots are veg and lettuce is salad. I'm so glad I've got that off my chest. Wow, so they'd be in completely different sections. They would be, yeah. Uh, uh, Alan, I believe the ball is in your court. Are you having that there from, uh, who's the fellow who's got into Stephen Lincoln. Steve's saying that you're, uh, you you're a hoaxer yeah. making up this paranormal activity. Uh, the plot thickens. It's 8, 12, 15 if you want to get in touch. and call us as well. Uh, we've got Linda on the line. Linda, what hit you in the head? It was a fish. A fish hit you on the head. You're going to need it to did. clarify this because that's <laughs> out of all the stuff we've had so far, it's definitely the most unusual. <laughs> we were on, on an excursion in the Gambia to a fishing village called Tanji. Of course. And all the local ladies transport the fish from the boats uh, to the market in these like plastic washing-up bowls on top of the heads. Right. Um, and uh, obviously there's a lot of birds flying around and this one obviously thought it uh, saw an opportunity for a nice easy meal uh, my husband had spotted it I hadn't I thought you see your uh, husband then for a second but n- <laughs> he wasn't the meal <laughs> so this um, this seagull swooped down and snatched one of the fish out of this lady's bowl on her head and uh, flew away but then couldn't keep its hold on it so it fell out of the sky and hit me very hard on the head Wow! Yes, it was a very heavy fish. It was a big one. Do you know what kind of kind of fish it was, <laughs> Linda? I, I don't. But the fish they have there are usually butter fish, lady fish. They have very different fish in the Gambia to what we have over here. So they are quite meaty, meaty fish. So strictly speaking, the last thing that hit you on the head was indeed a fish. But if we were to be even more accurate about the story, mm-hmm. uh, you were in the Gambia and a seagull uh, picked a fish out of a bowl on a lady's head and dropped the fish on you. That's exactly what happened. Isn't it interesting <laughs> to, to, to have evidence of seagulls being idiots in different countries as well? <laughs> it's not just here, they're at the it chances. everywhere. They are the chances of the seagulls, aren't they? <laughs> really nice to speak to you. You take care. Thanks for phoning. OK, take care too. More reports of seagulls hitting people on the head. Weymouth Harbour, while on holiday, this text says, I opened my car door, stepped out, was hit by a falling seagull. No idea why he <laughs> fell from the air, but he landed on the ground, looked to me as if it was my fault, and trotted off. Idiots, can't even fly properly. Hate seagulls. We have to come back to this at some point. Hate seagulls so much. Uh, do you remember this kind of background paranormal activity argument we've had brewing? Alan from Stain said he got hit on the head by a lettuce whilst looking at carrots on the lower shelf yes. in Little. He says he hadn't touched the lettuces and no one was there to make it for Steve from Lincoln then got in touch and cast doubts on Alan's account by saying that there's no way a lettuce could have hit him on the head whilst looking at carrots because they're never in the same aisle because carrots are veg and lettuce is yeah. salad. It is only right that we give Alan in Staines the right to reply. It says it definitely was a lettuce, an iceberg one specifically. As you must remember, we're talking about little who don't seem to conform to the norm when it comes to store layouts. <laughs> Now, big news in the world of aviation today. The first transatlantic flight by a passenger plane powered only by alternative fuels has taken off. Heathrow to New York. Uh, A flight has uh, taken off earlier today. It's on its way over to New York as we speak. Uh, And it is powered by 
cooking oils. Like like chip pan oil. Chip pan oil. The stuff at the end of it all, that's what's powering it. No aviation fuel is powered by waste and cooking oils. I mean, you know, I'm not a massive fan of flying, but I definitely take some wet tea towels, having watched a lot of adverts <laughs> in the 1970s. <laughs> Just in case. Um, it's, it, it's a big one because I, I think everybody knows that when you do fly, it's not the most environmental uh, way of transport. We all know about the concept of our carbon footprint if we fly and all that kind of thing. Yeah. So if you, can, if you can actually sort of make all this work, then that's fantastic. Game changer. But It is game changing, but it's also concerning at the same time. I know there's all sorts of positives to come out of this, but... On this here show last week, we were talking about the Champions League of Smells, and one of the ones that was right up there was going off on holiday, landing at your airport, coming down, the heat hitting you, the smell of the heat, the smell of the tarmac, and the smell of that aviation fuel. Now, do yes. you really want to come down, come down those steps on some foreign aisle and have that heat hit you, and also at the same time, the smell of chip fat? Do you know what? You know, but I know what you mean. I know what you mean. But like, like I said before, I'm not a massive fan of flying. But if I was to get to the airport and and smell that someone might be doing chips, that would make me feel pretty good. <laughs> you know what I mean? You want to start? You get home. You think you're doing chips? It's a good point. I'm it's making a good home. Point. I'm making home potatoes. <laughs> That could be it. Yes. That's I, the trade-off. I, it's, it is It is a trade-off. Uh, I, I don't know whether the smell of fast food, when we're all about to go and uh, lie on, um, you know, the, the, the sunbeds and, yeah. and, and get our beach bodies out is necessarily what we're all wanting. But you make a good point, because essentially what you're saying is, uh, in the Champions League of Smells, uh, aviation fuel would cease to exist. It so would. Ten-point deduction. It's <laughs> <laughs> quite a sore point for me. Very, very topical, it's, yes. But it's like, that's like br- nice bread smell. Maybe they, they use not, something that's not yeast and then bread goes. Exactly. Imagine baking bread smell disappearing. This is the concerning Horrible. thing. All of those smells that we talked about last week, all those Champions League of smells, they're all smells that you can still smell. The idea of a smell disappearing has never, ever, ever been a thing in our lives. I'm going to get rid of the holiday music now, because actually this is quite serious. I don't know whether there's beef between the people of Blackpool and Preston, but John's in Preston and says, you wouldn't notice the smell of chip fat fuel if you landed in Blackpool. Oh, do you remember though when we went to Blackpool for the chip shop tour? Yeah. So many great chippies there. In fact, the winning chippy came from yeah. Blackpool, you're quite right. Some people have, have taken it upon themselves to name the plane. Now, it's, it's not got a name, it's just a Virgin Atlantic flight that's, that's trying it out. It's not even got any passengers on board so uh, being that this appears to be what some of you want to do we'll yeah. give you 10 minutes go knock yourselves out see what names you can come up with for this particular chip fat uh, flight they are elite level punners uh, Nick is suggesting greasy jet uh, like it's it. quite clever Stu going with frying air uh, Flora the Explorer is my favourite one from Puddles in Harlow. <laughs> I like that a lot. Uh, now, uh, we've got Danny back on uh, because he suggested uh, something that I think is a belter. Danny, what have you got for us? Well, let's call it the air fryer. Oh, they are the vogue these days, the air fryers, aren't they? It was there all the time, wasn't it? It was in front of our noses the, the whole time. Absolutely. <laughs> let's go with that one. Oh, you're actually naming it now, probably, oh, are you? He really has taken his confidence up. I will let Virgin Atlantic know and we'll get right back to you, OK? OK, thanks for calling. Great to hear from you. Love the show. Cheers, buddy. Cheers. This text says, Bush and Richie, you legends. I'm here rewiring a house and I found a newspaper from 1966 whilst passing cable through the floorboards, ironically, whilst also listening to the show with Absolute Radio 60s on the app on my phone. Love this. He says, proper time travelling, if only a pint was 16p, which we can definitely get with. That is the power of being able to choose the decade of the music that goes with the show and that's why we are celebrating this power with our great new competition 
The noise of the past. Bush and Ritchie's Sound of the Decade. Absolute Radio Noughties. Trying to identify a sound that is synonymous with the Noughties. Can you guess what it is to win yourself? Not one, but two Absolute Radio mugs. Let's speak to tonight's contestant. Oh, it's called Josh. Josh, where are you from? Uh, Tawas. OK, and we've been talking a lot about chips and chip oil and chip fat. and It's made both of us quite hungry. What, do you know, have you had your tea? Do you know what you're having for your tea this evening? Uh, I don't actually. I've I've literally just got home. I've just walked through the door. My uh, partner was feeding my son, uh, so we have no idea what we're having for dinner yet. But he's eating, and that's. <laughs> How do you feel about that, Richie? How do you feel about that? That is a very familiar story. <laughs> <laughs> I would say, Josh. Uh, Josh, yeah. uh, we are one home time show with nine different playlists. Which do you choose to listen to home time through? I like the main one, but I, I do listen to Naughties quite a lot. It's my, oh. my era, so... But the Naughties on the side. A Naughties on the side, a Naughties specialist, though, with us guessing, at the moment, a sound of the Naughties. OK, so does that... Before we get your guess, what, what, what were the Naughties to you? What were you doing in the Naughties, Josh? Uh, well, uh, at school, um, and then pretty much just going home and getting online to talk to everyone that I was spending the entire day with on MSN. <laughs> OK. <laughs> One of the most painful things about doing this competition is everyone everyone's, like, dead, like, loads younger than us. Yes. At school in the noughties, <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's on my third job by that point. Okay. Right. <laughs> Have you identified what the sound is that signifies an entire decade? Josh, your guess, please, for the sound of the decades for the noughties. It's got to be dial-up internet. Let's have another listen. So this would have been you getting online to MSN, maybe typing ASL age, sex, location, question mark, in a chat room, <laughs> and then maybe, maybe your mum or dad couldn't go on the, uh, the, the, the uh, landline if you're using it. Yeah, they want to make a call, they shout at you to get off. Right. Is it dial-up internet for Josh? Here we go. You're a loser. And you have lost. <laughs> Sorry, Josh. Unbelievable. You, you were you sounded pretty convinced that that was it. I was so convinced that, that was it. All that time you spent going online, um, well, you've remembered it wrong, uh, sadly, my friend. But what you have done is meant that it's three absolute radio mugs for somebody tomorrow as the sound of the decade rolls over. Thanks, Josh. Oh, well, You've played your part no in that. Worries. And we've, we've all learned about you. A little bit of catfishing that you were doing after school when you got home. So, uh, good to speak to you, my friends. We play again tomorrow. Can you guess it? This is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway. Asking you, inviting you to blow our minds. Mind Blown returns. A part of the show where all of us, not just Bush and myself, but you as well, get educated. Over the last few weeks, we've learned how to count on our hands using knuckles. We've learned about shower oranges. Uh, I, never, learned... I never, ever want to think about shower <laughs> oranges ever again. Last week, our, our minds literally were blown. Uh, finding a, a, a new way of looking at the nursery rhyme of this little piggy went to market. Again, quite unsettling. <laughs> Hopefully this won't be unsettling, but we're going to do things a little bit differently in this first part of the final hour of the show. Uh, we've been contacted by a hometown listener who's left us a voice note about something that uh, to do with the Christmas tradition that winds him up. And I guarantee, if you listen to this, you'll never have thought about this in this particular way. Uh, let's hand over to the man himself. Take it away, dear listener. It's uh, Rob here from Essex. Um, wonder if you could help me uh, address a problem, uh, a trend I've noticed over the last few years and become a real uh, scourge on society uh, at Christmas. And the problem I have is advent calendars that have 25 windows or 25 days on them. 
Everyone knows that Advent finishes on Christmas Eve on the 24th. Why do they all have 25? So many of them have 25 windows on them these days. Um, yeah, let me know what you think. How can we uh, stop this uh, horrible trend that we see? Thanks a lot. Thanks, Rob. Uh, there you go. He describes us as a scourge on society. There's a lot of stuff going on in the world at the moment, yeah. uh, and this is what's preoccupying <laughs> Rob. It's pretty strong. It's blown our minds, because I, I, I don't know about you, I mean, he's got a point, but I've never thought about it like that before, ever. No, I've never thought about it like that. I, I, you know, when you get to the end of the advent calendar, generally the last one will always be a little bit bigger than the rest, but I don't mind whether that's 24 or 25, I suppose. Is he asking for one day less of chocolate? I suppose he is. Is that what you're saying, Rob? One day less of chocolate? Strictly speaking, is he right? Advent is the countdown to Christmas, so if Christmas is the 25th, then your Advent calendar has, by that point, served its purpose. I wonder if he's, like, true to his own kind of uh, beliefs on it and, and boycotts the, the door with 25 written <laughs> on it. Just leaves the chocolate in there says, nope, it's not what it was intended. Uh, Wes in Grimsby said, Advent debate, double door or nativity scene for Christmas Eve, board or steel shutter up on number 25, pure and simple. <laughs> Don't tell you know what he's talking about here. If you have any other views on uh, Rob's uh, intel on this, it's 8.12.15. This is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway. Dave the dog says, Advent calendars have always had 25 windows. You just open the last window on the 25th, sort of like going to the party or visiting the baby Jesus. You can't do it before you've opened the rest of them. Very good point. Very good. A lot of people saying just go backwards from 25 and ignore the first one. Then. <laughs> uh, Claire, hanging on with something very different. Claire, blow our minds. So did you know that the size of your foot will actually reach the, your wrist and the inside of your elbow? So when you bend your elbow, where that is to your wrist, That'll be the size of your foot. So if I was to put my foot on my arm between yeah. my uh, bend of my wrist and my elbow, it's that exact size. Yes. I'm going to try that right now, but I'm going to have to sit down if that if nobody minds. No, go for it. No, so he's going to sit down, and do that. Point the microphone down. Because <laughs> uh, so, um, Richie's got size eight feet, so we get his tiny little feet up there. I don't on his have. They are size nine. Thank you very much. <laughs> And I'd still say that's pretty respectable. <laughs> right. I, I can't see what he's doing down there, um, uh, Claire, I'll be honest with you, but um, I think he's trying it out. I don't think it's uh, anatomically possible. Either that or my gut's getting in the way. I think it he, doesn't he... look like it, but you're barefoot, not necessarily your shoe, but you're barefoot, it should fit there. This is a bit of a... It's a great level of a people with flexibility. Like, my friend Kester's bottom <laughs> legs are like... You know, a dog can't sit down properly, can't... <laughs> Really tight hamstrings. Let's have a look at Richie underneath this. Um, look, Bush, can you see? Look. I can't, you can't. <laughs> Something about us fellas with just awful <laughs> flexibility, like hamstrings on men. It's just awful, isn't it, Claire? It is, yeah. Maybe you can put the covers, one, Bush put on the other one, and then do it that way rather than try to do it on yourself. You know? I, I, don't, I didn't quite hear that, but I, I'm not up for it. <laughs> I tell you what, I reckon 25 years ago, I could have done it. Yeah, so we'll never okay. know now whether... Um, or we, we could hold each other's ankles and roll in our underpants like they used to do in the fairgrounds in the 1800s. <laughs> hold on! I've got a great idea. I'll take my shoe off. Yeah, okay. take your yeah. off. That's what she was saying, OK. There you go, look, it does work. It does <laughs> that would have been so much easier. <laughs> wow. Mind blown. Mind blown. Thank you, thanks. This is The Daily Takeaway. Hometime at absoluteradio.co.uk if you're a doctor's uh, receptionist and you want to get in touch uh, from the uh, beginning of the episode today. Okay, but you don't have to if you don't want to. But... <laughs>
I feel bad now. Maybe you're like a really lovely doctor's receptionist and that is completely fine, but I just haven't met you yet. <laughs> Here's a little hack for you, though. Uh, we were speaking about, you know, all these different places, whether they're dentists, doctors, that kind of thing, how they get so late in the day. How does it happen like that? Here's my hack. Always book first appointment of the day. That's what I do when I go and get my uh, hair done and all that kind of stuff. They just doesn't give them a chance to get late. Do I look like the kind of person that books first appointment of the day? <laughs> no. I'm not organised enough. <laughs>